You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to our reading, which comes from Deuteronomy chapter 16, the verses 1 through 8. Observe the month of Abib and celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God. Because in the month of Abib, he brought you out of Egypt by night. Sacrifice as the Passover to the Lord your God, an animal from your flock or herd, at the place the Lord will choose as a dwelling for his name. Do not eat it with bread made with yeast, but for seven days eat unleavened bread, the bread of affliction, because you left Egypt in haste, so that all the days of your life you may remember the time of your departure from Egypt." Let no yeast be found in your possessions in all your land for seven days. Do not let any of the meat you sacrifice on the evening of the first day remain until morning. You must not sacrifice the Passover in any town the Lord your God gives you, except the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. There you must sacrifice the Passover in the evening when the sun goes down on the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. Roast it and eat it at the place the Lord your God will choose. Then, in the morning, return to your tents. For six days, eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day, hold an assembly to the Lord your God, and do no, and do no work. We'll turn now to our text in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the verses 1 through 11. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, this afternoon we will consider the petition in the Lord's Prayer in which we ask God not to lead us into temptation. We ask God not to lead us into temptation because temptations abound in this world. In this world with devils filled, as Martin Luther wrote in his hymn, temptations abound. They're all around us. And one temptation that we face as church and as individuals within the church is the temptation to lose our perspective. To lose our perspective on on things, on 
our Christian lives in this world. And as a result of losing our perspective, getting off track in terms of what we are focusing on to become a fractured and a dis, a, a divided congregation. Very quickly, something that in the grand scheme of things is not all that important can seem very important, can loom very large in our minds and can bring brothers and sisters in the Lord in one body of faith, in one congregation, into sharp disagreement with each other. can even bring conflict. It can spark feelings of of bitterness and animosity. It can stir up gossip and slander among the body. It can threaten the strength and the health of the church. And the events that can cause this this loss of perspective and unity, they don't need to be big events. They don't need to be cataclysmic events that that in the face of which we, we crumble apart. This first letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians is striking in the fact that there's there's very little mention of, of any problems that this congregation is facing. It's overall, it's a very healthy congregation. It's, it's a letter in which you find some of the most beautiful expressions of Paul's affection for a church in this first letter to the Thessalonians. Throughout the letter, Paul notes how healthy and how vibrant this church is. And yet, even a healthy and a vibrant church needs to be encouraged to stay focused on the important things in light of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in our text that we have before us this morning, Paul urges the Thessalonians to set their faith upon the Lord Jesus Christ and to view all things in life in light of Him and in light of His return. We must live by faith in the return of our Lord. And looking in faith to Jesus Christ nets two results that we see in our text. As two consequences, as we see in our text. First, in verse 8, we see that we're called in verses 6 and 8, it's repeated, it's stressed, it's emphasized, that we are to be self-controlled. We are to be self-controlled. That is, we are to be serious and sober-minded. We've seen that word already a number of times as we've been going through the letter, Paul's letter to Titus. This call for God's people to be self-controlled, to be sober-minded, to be serious in the way that they live their lives. Living by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that his return is imminent teaches us that the things of this world matter, that our lives are important, that the things that we do in our lives are important, that the decisions that we make matter. Church matters. Family matters. Culture, community matters. We're dealing with people. We're dealing with ideas. We're dealing with matters that impact eternity. In light of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
We're called to be serious and sober-minded, to be very careful and alert, as Paul says, in how we act. But at the same time, and this is the second thing that we learn that, that the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us, focusing on the return of our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us to strive for love and unity. So we're very serious and sober-minded, but at the same time, we strive for love and for unity within the body. We're not to be so serious that we lack love. We're not to let our seriousness uh, trump our love for each other and break apart the body of Jesus Christ. No, in the soberness of life, we're called to be gracious, to be charitable, to be kind to one another, to, to encourage each other and build each other up, as in fact, Paul says you are doing. In verse 10, he reminds us that through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're called to live together, live together with him. And in verse 8, we're urged to put on faith and love as a breastplate to protect us. So focusing on the return of our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us to be serious, to be self-controlled, to be sober-minded, but also teaches us to be filled with love for one another, to be concerned for one another, to encourage one another in our walk. Living in light of Christ's return on the day of the Lord is what's emphasized in our text, and it's what motivates us to control ourselves and to love one another. That day of the Lord teaches us these things. That day of the Lord will be, when he returns, a day, we read in our text, of wrath and vengeance. A day of wrath and vengeance. Paul says, destruction will come suddenly upon those who are living in darkness, and they will not escape. So we're called to be ready at all times. And this heightened sense of being ready calls us to put our trust in Jesus Christ and to encourage each other in the same thing. Let's not lose sight of what's important. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Find refuge in him and you will be safe. That day of the Lord, Paul also says, is going to come suddenly. We don't know when our Lord will return. And so we must live every day in the expectation of his return. Just like the Passover feast was a feast that the people were to were to partake in with readiness to go. So we're called to live every day. And we remember also this morning in the, in the Lord's Supper to be ready for the day of salvation that the Lord is bringing. This expectation is to give our lives perspective. It teaches us to be very aware of the times and the temptations all around us and to carefully weigh every thought. But at the same time, it makes us more committed to loving one another and supporting each other in the church, lest any of us should fall away. And finally, this day of the Lord, this day of the Lord's return is our day. 
That's the day that defines us even now. We're not defined by the world that we live in. We're not defined by the darkness that surrounds us. No, we are defined by that day that is coming. That's the day that we belong to already now. We are all, Paul says, sons of the light and sons of the day. We're children of that day. We in the church are children of God and the redeemed of the Lord. And so we look forward to that day in hope and joy. That's our day. We can't wait for it to come. And today, brothers and sisters, we celebrate the Lord's Supper in anticipation of that day. As our Lord said, do this, proclaim his death until he comes. Today, we share a foretaste of what we'll experience when the Lord drinks the wine new with us in the kingdom of his Father. This supper teaches us to be serious, to examine the body, to examine ourselves, to know that Jesus Christ gave his life for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And as we celebrate it all together, we're also called to come together in love and be united not holding anything against our brother, but loving one another. And so until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confessed, we confessed to him, our king, Lord, when you return in glory on the clouds of heaven above, we, your flock, will stand before you, kept forever in your love. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.